Hello. I'm Mr. Red. Hello, everyone. And it's that time again. Welcome to the Sydney St. James Show. We sure appreciate you dropping in. everyone. Today, I'm going to talk about how the cross made a difference for me. This morning, I was picking up my cross and my chain that had broken its clasp. And I got back in the car and I started to go through the back of my mind where all of my memory archives lie. Books that I wrote, church services that I attended, and as an elder in the First Presbyterian Church of Eagle Lake, I can recall a number of things that dramatically impacted my life, my way of thinking, my attitude, and my way of living. But I can think of nothing more that has influenced me than the cross. And my grandmother, the Reverend Ada Slayton Bonds, of the Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Pleasant Hill, Louisiana. I still remember during her Easter morning church services and later, of course, a fun and exciting Easter egg hunt. The cross is much more than just a symbol that stands in front of a church or up on top of a tall steeple like the one at the Lutheran Trinity Church in Frailsburg, Texas. It symbolizes the beginning point, the first start of my spiritual journey with Jesus Christ. In other words, it's the beginning point of life for me. When Jesus hung on the cross in the movie, The Passion of Christ, and cried, It is finished. That is found in scripture John 19, verse 30. This scripture indicates that our Savior had done all that was required to satisfy the divine justice and had reclaimed the birthright of all humankind right back from that cotton-picking devil himself. He paid the full penalty for sin, and now, now through his shed blood on the cross would open the door for whosoever will to come out from the darkness into the light, from sin into salvation, and lastly, from bondage to our freedom. He paid a debt he didn't know so that I, me, Sidney St. James, could go free, pardoned, of my sin. Yepers, the cross, my friend, is a true treasure. Back in one of my episodes in the summer of this year, I discussed what I thought of the tearing down of the statues all around the world of our histories. I did a podcast after the statue in Virginia of Robert E. Lee was taken down with a large crane. What a shame. So, so many of my ancestors 
gave their lives fighting for General Lee. However, that's actually only the tip of the iceberg, of all the craziness going on all around us and all around the world. So, get a load of this. Believe it or not, <laughs> a few days ago, I saw a story about the Bishop of Stockholm from the Church of Sweden wanting to ban all the crosses across the country from churches because they offended the Muslims in Sweden. Not only did the bishop want the crosses removed, but the bishop also wanted to wonder what Muslims around the world would think of this gesture by her. Although I have plenty of thoughts on the state of the church in Sweden and its appointment of E. Brun to the bishop, those thoughts have no place in my podcast today. Instead, however, I would like to discuss what initially drew me to that story. Like Bishop Brun, many people around the world, including some self-proclaiming Christians, are trying to eradicate the cross or demean the message of the cross and what it really really represents. This is honest-to-goodness truth. It's like many of our Congress actually talking about getting rid of, in God we trust, of all our mintage of coins. It bothers me to no end that many of the large modern churches won't even have a cross on display. I wonder why sometimes an atheist complain when the cross at the World Trade Center is displayed at the memorial site. If there is no God, as they say, then this symbol should not offend them, right? Just a few days ago, I saw a replay on YouTube about an elderly woman who lives in South Carolina. Her name is Clara Gant, and I watched attentively and listened to her explain what precisely the cross meant to her. Clara made her weekly Sunday morning drive, going to her little local church from her home, when she found herself amid a large flood. The water wasn't high at the time, but she decided to cross the stream to get to the other side, and lo and behold, her car was scooped up by the swollen waters from the road and took it over to where it stopped in a ditch in front of her small church. Her grandson, Travis, arrived shortly after that with some rope. And with all of his strength, he was able to get her outside that car before the raging floodwaters filled up the entire vehicle. But no matter how strong he was, the water was too much. They together became stranded as the flooding intensified and the rain kept coming down and the waters kept rising. Then a large wooden cross in front of the church became uprooted and lodged itself up against the car. And the two of them held on to it in hopes that someone would come and save them. 
She said in this interview that she and her grandson held on for hours to that old rugged cross as the floodwaters grew swifter and swifter by each passing minute. They remained holding on for their lives for five long hours until help finally arrived. The grandmother, she suffered a broken ankle and hypothermia, but was still recovered nicely. And her grandson, he came out of it unharmed. The journalist covering the story asked her what she could say about this near brush with death. And she said, Jesus is my savior. She went on in an interview and continued, this near brush of death should not be about me, but it should be about what he did to save me. After watching this story on YouTube, my memory thought of my grandmother and how she told the story in her sermon every Easter while growing up. Oh, how important the cross and its message are to us who call ourselves Christians. In Corinthians 1, verse 18, a strong message can be heard from the grandmother's brush with death. It says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are about to depart this life. But to us who are being saved, it is the very power of God himself. In other words, the easiest way to put it is that without that old rugged wooden cross and the obedience of Jesus Christ letting himself be nailed to it, we would indeed be lost for all time and without any hope whatsoever. I must admit, I watched a movie that was called The Passion of Christ one time and I will not watch it again. I've always heard and read and studied over the many years of growing up how Christ hung on the cross. I learned it in my early ages. I learned it in Sunday school. And I learned it from church services. And I learned it from my grandmother. The instrument that was one of the most severe forms of death so many years ago. Today, any form of the cross should be a constant reminder for all of us on earth of the love and compassion God had on that Good Friday. He permitted his one and only son to be painfully tortured and nailed to that old rugged cross as a redemption for our sins. As Christians, let's never forget the cross and its message. And like the grandmother going to church on that Sunday morning, let us cling to it daily as a reminder of what God did for us, one and all. May the cross be a constant reminder with us to share God's love for others who have yet come to know him. Lord, we thank you for the cross and what you did for us on that cross. The world may try to ban crosses like those in Sweden, 
but we have your cross and its meaning is written all over our hearts. So let me ask you, what do you think of a crucifix where Jesus Christ is left hanging from it? Or what do you think of an empty cross? Does it call you? Do you believe Jesus asked us to walk with him and pick up our cross and carry on his work during our stay on earth? If you had to choose one of the two crosses in the above questions, which one would you choose and why? The cross versus the crucifix controversy. That's right. It has a long and complicated history. A crucifix, from the Latin word crucifixus, means one fixed to a cross. It's an image of Jesus on the cross, as distinct from a bare cross. The symbol is less common in churches of most Protestant denominations, which prefer to use a cross without the figure of Jesus Christ. The core belief of the Protestant churches and of the cross versus the crucifix. The unbending views on which Protestant churches differ from the Roman Catholic Church. There are actually many. One of these differences is the belief that the bread and the wine consumed during Holy Communion is merely symbolic of the blood and body of Christ. Now, in other words, we believe that the substances do not transform into the body and blood of Christ. As a Presbyterian, most Protestants do not worship Mary because we believe in the Trinity, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Furthermore, we also disagree that the priest can actually forgive sins because only God can forgive sins. From all of this, we can see that we would lean towards a more straightforward symbol on the cross versus the crucifix choice as Protestants. But wait a minute now. Let's step back for just a moment. Let's go back, let's say, 4,000 years and more. The symbol of the cross hasn't always stood for Christianity. There's some inbuilt irony in the cross versus the crucifix because even the cross itself in its simplest form isn't originally a Christian symbol. Although it seems evident that the cross as a symbol for Christianity arises from the fact that it is the structure on which Christ was crucified. Unfortunately, the reality that I'm speaking about is not that easy. Let's go back in history just a little bit. First, some historians argue that Christ wasn't crucified on a cross. In the original Greek text of the Bible, the word used to describe the instrument of execution on which Jesus Christ died 
was called a stake. The early Christians also did not use the cross or the crucifix to mark the graves that are in the catacombs in Rome. Although one would argue that it is because they were themselves executed in the same way. The cross was used as a religious symbol before the birth of Christian faith and was known as the symbol of life or the crux sansata or the Egyptian Ankh. That same symbol I wear around my neck and have for a very long life. Furthermore, it is the main symbol of my two novels from which they're based. The first novel, or volume one, was called, or is called, Nevea, the lost city of Altanova. And by the way, Nevea is spelled backwards for heaven. And volume two, the continuation of the novel is called Crux Ansada, the lost city of Ankara. It looks very similar, the symbol does, to that of a Christian cross. In the choice of the crucifix versus the cross, Roman Catholics and other Orthodox churches prefer the crucifix. Simply put, it is a cross with a statue or a statuette attached to it. The crucifix can be small enough to wear around the neck or life-size and hang up high from the wall inside that of a church. It is also often rendered in paintings or manuscripts as part of the Passion of Christ. An example or depiction of his death by execution. After about 2,000 years of religious wars, dogmatic differences, and general unpleasantness about religious symbols, the cross might have lost a little of its prominence as a holy Christian symbol. It frequently appears in design and art, on tattoos, and is worn as jewelry by Christians and atheists, by gospel singers and rock and roll music stars, often with no understanding of its deeper meaning. But Christians know that true conversion happens right here in the heart. Therefore, it makes no difference whatsoever which design you or I might display. Cross or crucifix, which one would you choose? Well, that brings me now to my conclusion. Apart from the cross, there's not another ladder by which we can get to heaven. Catholics understand that both the simple cross and the crucifix are symbols of our faith helping us recall Jesus' great sacrifice that he made for both of us. Both give us a profound visual reminder of his death and his resurrection, his sacrifice, and his triumph over sin and death. Yes, 
There are differences, but Catholics hold both sides in high esteem, acknowledging both as powerful reminders of the truth that is in Jesus Christ. Well, that's it for me today. I do want to thank you for dropping in and listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. Or go to your favorite book retailer and find over 50 great novels, all in electronic, paperback, and audio for your reading enjoyment. Or to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at sydneystaint.james or on Facebook at author Sydney St. James or where great books are sold. You know, I didn't really play so much of this during the, during the podcast, but as all my other podcasts will tell you, I enjoy music. And when you really listen to music closely, I enjoy how you can feel music as music can touch your soul and it can get inside your heart. Although my final song is not the actual old rugged cross, it is one called The Cross Made a Difference in Me. And it was sung by, or is sung by, Guy Penrod and the Gaither Vocal Band. This song will bring together all the parts of my podcast. So settle in, enjoy, and more importantly, feel the words as God sings, the cross made a difference in me. Good evening, everyone. And as usual, see you later, alligator.
does it for me for another great episode from Sydney St. James. Be sure to click on the tab above that says send a voice message and I will get it from you and I'll probably play it back on one of my future podcasts. Also, don't forget to click the button follow. I'd love for you to follow my podcast. But it's been fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, here I am. Sydney St. James. Happy listening. <laughs>